Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Let Me Fill You In. This is now the 12th installment of this midweek show, a spinoff, if you will, of Phil at the Movies. I want to thank you, as always, for taking time out of your day to hear what I have to say about movies and cinema, all the recent releases, as well as a cinematic quote of the week. And I've got a few films to recommend for you this week. Um, a mixture of older films, films, well, I shouldn't really say older per se. These came out within the last year, but I just had a chance to uh, get around and get around to see them and uh, want to share with you uh, some quick thoughts on them as well. But uh, yeah, let me begin with sort of the, uh, the interesting news, if you will. Uh, I'm recording this now on Sunday, so the, the final numbers may change, but uh, as I have uh, been mentioning, and as you may have been aware, The Flash opened last week, and the reviews have been on one end of the, the spectrum, very positive, to the other end, saying it's the worst movie ever made, and then a few scattered in the middle of the uh, of the equation. Well, the box office results are in, and early early weekend figures suggested that it was going to have a a tough time uh, at the box office. And and while it did open number one, as of this recording, the box office for its opening weekend is around fifty five million dollars, which I mean certainly is a great. Uh, impressive haul, but for a film of this kind, for a budget of over $200 million, that is not a good figure, to say the least. And while uh, I am not going to wade into all of the discourse and the discussion about this film, I have made my thoughts perfectly clear with regards to The Flash. I enjoyed it. You can certainly check out my review for it on the last episode, and uh, we'll be doing a further deep dive analysis on DC Unlimited, which you can check out later this week. But uh, I, I think bottom line, based on the the box office returns, is audiences are, A, looking for something different when it comes to comic book superhero movies. The old ways will not do. And while I think this was an inventive movie and certainly different from a lot of the DC films of the past and certainly a lot of the more recent comic book movies, it had the unfortunate position of coming on the the tail end of Guardians of the Galaxy, which was released early uh, in May, as well as coming just two weeks after Across the Spider-Verse, which is another multiverse uh, superhero film. And so I think it kind of was burdened with, with that challenge, as well as all of the other uh, behind-the-scenes issues uh, surrounding the film and, and one, of its, uh, one of its stars, Ezra Miller. But uh, all of that said, I, I think this movie serves as as a as a test point for DC. They have to change things up going forward if if the brand is to resonate with the larger audiences uh, at the movies. Uh, you can't just sort of play the old hits and think that it's going to result in box office acclaim and and critical and audience appraisal you really have to sort of uh, swing for the fences in a lot of ways and i and i would cite just as more recent examples films like the batman joker certainly the spider-verse movies those are are films that i think are are 
what are registering with with audiences when it comes to combat movies because they are they are different and they take bold directions with the characters and the stories and I think that is ultimately what audiences are expecting and if you want these films to succeed that's what has to happen but that is all I'm going to say uh, on that subject uh, other than just that I did enjoy the film and seeing Michael Keaton return as Batman was was the chef's kiss. Absolute uh, absolute delight the man the man still has it. But um that's enough that's enough about the Flash I think for now. Two films that I want to recommend for you that um just I I think certainly are worthy of uh, checking out your time. First is the movie Tar, the stars Kate Blanchett, and this was on my my list of films to see last year. But just life always seemed to be uh, getting in the way, and I was never able to see it when it was in theaters and and you know available for for streaming. But just again, timing has always been an issue. But I did finally have a chance to sit down and and watch it over the uh, over the weekend and really it was at the recommendation of a friend of mine who who said you should check out this film it's really really solid and it it lives up to and exceeds any expectations that i had going into the film the the performance is on another level i mean in a world where in a year where michelle yo wasn't nominated for everything everywhere all at once I think without question, Kate Blanchett would have taken home the Oscar gold, if you will, because it is a mesmerizing performance and it, and it's layered. It, it is, it is not a straightforward, uh, cardboard cutout, uh, shall we say. This is a, a, a really in-depth performance that while this is a fictional story, it, it almost, it almost plays like a, a biography. It really is. It's a. It's mesmerizing. It's mesmerizing to say the least. And it's a. It's one of the best performances I've seen in, in recent years. And it just illustrates why Kate Blanchett is one of the greatest living actresses uh, today, and, and arguably one of the greatest actresses of all time. She she truly commits to a role, and, and she is just able to not only transform into this char- into a character, but embody the character. And that, I think, kind of elevates a performance from just being really great into something phenomenal and and outstanding that really stands the test of time. So if you have not seen Tar, I would highly, highly recommend it because it is worth it is worth just for a performance sake. It is a I mean, putting aside the story, the performance itself is is uh, it's otherworldly. I mean, I don't know how she does it, but she is a is, is a phenomenal actress. And, and to tie it into what I mentioned a moment ago, there, there's a reason why she's considered one of the greatest of, of all time. Another movie that I saw over the uh, over the last week, which uh, came out last year, but um, it was sort of uh, not on my radar. But I was finally glad that I I got a chance to uh, to see it, and that is the movie Ambulance. Now, this is a, this is by no means uh, a, an award uh, worthy film. This is this is an action film. Uh, call it a heist movie. Uh, it's directed by Michael Bay. Stars stars Jake Gyllenhaal. And it was just, it was a lot of fun. You know, it was an adrenaline-filled movie from start to finish. Jake Gyllenhaal was always 
amazing. Always turns in a great performance. And this was great. I mean, the the premise of the movie starts out, you have these two two bank robbers and the robbery goes wrong and then they're forced to uh, commandeer an ambulance and they're they're, uh, holding hostage. The paramedic and one of the uh, one of the officers who was injured uh, during the during the robbery, and it's just this. It's really this just fun, fast-paced, adrenaline-filled movie. I mean, like I said, it's not doesn't dig deep below the surface, but it's a Michael Bay film, so you kind of know what you're getting with it. And sometimes that's a good thing. It's it's one of those movies that I think you know certainly if you saw it on the big screen, it's a good popcorn flick. But but this was something fun. I I enjoyed it. And, and thought it, it was just a, you know, kind of you know, fun, mindless entertainment, and and that's you know, and I say that with with nothing but affection because sometimes we got to have those kinds of movies because uh, you know you kind of want to differentiate the palate uh, so to speak. But uh, I, I would I would definitely recommend this movie. The last movie that I will I will recommend again, and I I've already recommended it, but I, I think it bears repeating. That is the movie Air, which is the story of how Nike partnered with with Michael Jordan to create the Air Jordan sneaker. And just rewatching it, 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 phenomenal. It's one of my favorite films of this year. Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are are phenomenal in it. But it's it's one of those feel-good movies. And even though it is, is based on a true story and we know the outcome... You're invested in it. It's not like one of these movies where they're retelling something that we all know the outcome and you're sort of just clocking time to get to the end. This is a an engaging story that you really feel like, oh, my God, could it go the other way? I mean, is is, is Jordan going to go with uh, Adidas or, or, or somebody else? And I don't know. That that was a real testament to, to Ben Affleck's uh, direction and, and sort of the, the way the story Unfolds that you really become invested in this uh, in this struggle of, of, of by Nike to uh, to land Michael Jordan uh, and get him to sign with them. But uh, j- just a just a wonderful film. The the soundtrack is just rad. I mean, it, it's pure 1980s, and and I just I love this movie so much. And I any chance I can recommend it, I'm going to. So here's another recommendation if you haven't had a chance to uh, to see it. Uh, let's see what else in the way of uh, of news. Well, for all of you superhero fans, all of you uh, Superman fans, screen testing is underway uh, at the moment for the forthcoming Superman Legacy. I will leave a link in the show notes regarding uh, who is up uh, potentially for the roles of Superman and Lois Lane. Uh, I I I really don't have a. a uh, a horse in this uh, this race. I mean, I think anyone who's who's auditioning could could theoretically do a good job. I think if I had to uh, to pick one, I think David Cornsweet probably is would be my my pick for Superman. He just has that sort of uh, sort of you know a country boy, but yet could also be a superhero uh, uh, swagger and and uh, look about him. And he's also a very good actor, so. Uh, I think it would be a perfect match, but uh, certainly that'll be on the horizon. And 
you know, again, do a plug for DC Unlimited. Uh, my friends and I, Chris Evans and, and Anthony Caruso, will be talking about this at length, uh, as well as giving our full uh, uh, analysis and, and thoughts on The Flash. So if you haven't had your fill of me, you can certainly check out that episode later in the week, and I will leave our Twitter handle in the show notes so you can follow along for that. Uh, just two more uh, bits to really uh, uh, relay here. This caught my eye. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola is now on Instagram. Uh, so he's uh, he's entered the social media age. And he did this uh, this thing where he can, you can, like, put up a, you know, a, a little uh, I don't know, chat or, or, or something where you can ask, you know, he'll ask, you know, you can ask him any question kind of a thing. And um, I, I really didn't explain that well, but y- you get where I'm going with it, you know, kind of an interactive uh, discussion uh, channel. And uh, someone asked him, you know, would there ever be a Godfather part four? And there has been speculation of it over the years, but uh, he, he gave a great response to it. And he said, in my mind, there is only one film known as The Godfather parts one and two, and then the epilogue or coda, which is the death of Michael Corleone, which, or the Godfather part three. And that really, that really struck, uh, stuck with him because I mean, as much as I think people want to see these constant legacy movies, and we've certainly been inundated with them over the last number of years, really going back arguably to 2015 with the release of Star Wars The Force Awakens. It's been kind of in vogue to bring back cast of famous movies and, and give them a a modern update. I mean, we've seen it from Top Gun Maverick to Jurassic Park to Halloween, and yeah, more, more recently with The Flash bringing back Michael Keaton. I mean, it seems uh, that you know it would be inevitable that there might be a thought of, oh, let's you know do another Godfather movie. But I, I think if he's right on the money. One, the story ended. We don't need to see where everybody is 20, 30 years later. And I think sometimes we have to move on. We, we cannot live in the past. And I think despite uh, the discourse and, and the box office receipts, uh, that I think is the larger point that the Flash movie was trying to make, is that the past is the past, and we cannot change it, nor can we go back to it. We could only move forward, and, and only by moving forward can we chart New Horizons, and so I just you know, sort of tip my hat to uh, Francis Ford Coppola for uh, giving that answer. But uh, he gave another answer that really uh, stuck with me, and I'm going to share it with you. This was also from this "Ask Him Anything" uh, segment on Instagram. But um, the question was, "What is your favorite movie?" And this is what he said. Better ask me my favorite 1,000 films. There are so many great ones, it cannot be answered. It's like, what is the greatest building? How could you rate such masterpieces as the Parthenon, Notre Dame, Giza Pyramid? Art is not sports. There is no scorekeeping. 100%. That is going to be my answer going forward if someone asks me what what is my favorite, what are my favorite movies. Right there. Art is not sports. There is no scorekeeping. Better ask me my uh, favorite 1,000 films. So just a little... uh Little piece of uh, advice, a nice, uh, a nice response from Francis Ford Coppola to uh, tie up today's show. But that is all that I have for you today. I want to thank you as always for tuning in and making this a part of your midweek. Uh, again, you can always check me out on Fridays for Phil at the Movies. Otherwise, I will see you next week.